You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Newstalk ZB. Newstalk ZB. Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We are looking back at Sunday and Saturday. Uh, sounds like a weekend. And uh, we've got the, uh, the Cricket World Cup to talk about. Uh, we'll meet Arthur Brooks, who's written a book. It's Brooks' book. It's actually an Oprah Winfrey book, I think. Right, so but they, they got together to discuss happiness. And we'll also meet uh, Mason Ball. He's got a book too. This one's about his dad, Murray Ball. Uh, remember Footright Flats? Yeah, that was him. But before any of that, uh, we've got this uh, election result yet? Where, where, where are we at with that? I did have a mischievous first question of whether you got the impression that Winston Peters and David Seymour might become, be becoming best friends now, but <laughs> who, who would know? I there, guess. Is, there, is some common, common, there are some common areas of interest between the parties, certainly. Mm. Is it really that much of a deal that Chris Hipkins has had to be re-sworn in as PM? No, I mean, you know, no. I mean, if, if there hadn't been a recount, he wouldn't have needed to be. Um, it really is sort of the uh, the few extra days that the recount has added to the time when we have have have. Um, once the recounts are done, we'll actually have MPs, and then anyone who's an MP can be a minister at that point. You know, so that would have, that's what happened when um, sort of you know Bill English was having the negotiations, hopefully to get Winston Peters on his side, and Jacinda Ardern having mm. those negotiations as well. Uh, the writ was returned. We got a bunch of MPs. And, you know, it still wouldn't. You know, the time period that that took is you know we haven't caught caught it yet, uh, and so that was longer. It was just the writ was to return slightly earlier, so there wasn't a sort of two or th- what would have been a two or three day period maybe um, where there were no MPs and would have been no ministers, and so. Um, I, I, that sort of thing has happened before, and, and we've, we've had past governments operate for for, for longer. Yeah, um, I, I think also because there's not a lot of political news, I wonder whether there's more being made out of this that you know, for instance, Jerry Brownlee um, not having the standing that he would like to have had um, recently at a at the forum. But uh, I mean, does it really? How much does it really impinge on our ability to do business, the fact that we haven't got the new government sworn in as ministers yet? I mean, this isn't our first rodeo. We have gone for long periods without a government before because of this dumb um, system that we've got. Um, And, uh, yeah, I usually like it. A lot less sort of sniping and bickering and pointless worrying about who said what about whom. I, I say more no government. News Talk Z-Bean. And just quietly, I think Francesca might be on my side. In the moment between caretaker and newly formed government is when you're reminded just how much politics is about noise and how little it can be about governing. While we wait for a new government to be formed, there is lots of speculation about this coalition, but only those behind closed doors know what's going on. I really don't care if Winston Peters ignored David Seymour's calls or texts. I'm not so good at correspondence myself. And we know to expect some theatre, oblique comments and veiled threats. This is not our first MMP coalition talks. We know it will be sorted when it's sorted. What I have noticed about the last four weeks since the election and the announcement of the special votes is actually how little affects day-to-day life. The sun still comes up, work must be done, family looked after, life goes on. Yes, for some, the detail is hugely important, and I hope those in real need get the relief they need. But for many of us, it has just been the confirmation of change that has buoyed us along. 
As often happens after all the promises, berating and finger-pointing that an election campaign involves, we should all be enjoying this brief, directionless period, (laughs) whereby we remember that at the end of the day, we're responsible for ourselves. The government can only do so much. Basically, it's just time to get up and get on with it until another election campaign begins. Oh no, don't start thinking about another election campaign. Oh my God. Can we, please... Just pretend that that's not going to happen for at least two more years. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. (sighs) And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts, but it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. News Talk ZB. The campaign that we really need to get excited about is the uh, Black Caps World Cup campaign. Now, now that they're in the officially in the top four, uh, how are you feeling about things, Mitchell Satner? It, it, it's um, it's must be a bit of a challenge when you're bowling on some of these grounds where they're scoring three fifty, four hundred runs. How big a part of of success in the one day game is is wickets and the power play? Getting early wickets, regardless of whether you're you're um, bowling first or or um, or or not, wickets and the power play. How crucial are they? Yeah, I think yeah, I think um, they're they're obviously very important. We've seen you know throughout this competition, um, you know teams batting if they only lose you know one in the power play, and you can kind of extend that the kind of phase in the middle, and then you know setting up some big scores at the at the end by saving wickets. I guess you know that's our blueprint with with the bat, and um, you know it was nice to you know chip a few wickets out the other night, and then it you know then they have to kind of force things a little bit through the middle, and I guess you know the and then it makes our job a little bit easier um, as spinners through the middle. If you know we've already lost a couple, and we can kind of tend to throw it up a bit more and, and try to get a few more wickets. Your bowling has been superb at this tournament. Sixteen wickets. You're going for less than five and over in a tournament where scores of over three hundred are commonplace. Do you have a overall fifty over bowling philosophy? Uh, I wouldn't. No, not 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 necessarily. I mean, um, I think we've seen throughout this tournament. You know, the pitches. Um, you know, been different depending on where you are. We've obviously come up um, some pretty flat ones in in Bangalore, and uh, you know that one against Australia as well in Dhamrachala. And then on the flip, you know, there's been some slightly spinnier wickets. So um, I think you know, as I guess my role, you know, can change depending on you know the situation. Um, you know, if there is a little bit of spin, that means you know I guess I'm more of an aggressive option with the ball. I try to slow it up more, change of pace. Um, and then, you know, if it is, I guess, that kind of more defensive role on some flatter wickets, it might be, you know, trying to build pressure through going to threes and fours and, and then try chip wickets out that way. It's amazing how it's changed, isn't it? But we just couldn't imagine back in my day a team scoring more than 400 runs in a one-day game. And how many times has it happened in this tournament? Crazy times, eh? What a time to be alive. News Talk ZB. Uh, no excuse for not being happy, but if you're not, perhaps you need this book by Arthur Brooks and Oprah Winfrey. Jack, uh, yeah, uh, talk to Mr. Brooks and ask him what happiness. Well, y- you'll hear what he asked. How do you define happiness? Yeah. So when you're right about happiness, there's a tendency for everybody to say, I know what that is. And then they think a little bit and they're not so sure. 
to begin with, it's not a feeling. Most people think that happiness is a feeling. It's not a feeling. And I underscore this and my, my, my Oprah Winfrey and I, we talk about this again and again and again, because, because if you think that happiness is a feeling, you're going to be chasing your feelings and that's going to lead to a really frustrating life. Feelings are to happiness like the smell of dinner is to the dinner itself. It's evidence of the dinner. That's what hap- That's what feelings are. Yeah. Happiness, like your dinner, is three macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Your happiness has three elements to it. Enjoyment of life, satisfaction with life, and purpose in life. And those are the three things that we need to understand scientifically, that we need to have better practices and protocols in our lives to maximize. And those are the things that we need to be able to share with others. And once we understand that, life gets a lot better. Yeah, it's funny, right? Because it, it feels like, and, and I know you reflect on this a bit, but sometimes we define happiness as a destination as well. Like as though, you know, once I have done this, this, and this, then everything will be sorted and I'll be at that place, I'll be at that spot, everything will be fine and that's all I need to worry about. But actually, it's that's that's it, it doesn't it doesn't work in that kind of in that kind of way no it doesn't at all and and part of the reason that we do that is because humans are so goal oriented yeah. you know when i finally get down to my goal weight then i will find everything will finally be good which is completely wrong i think it's a bit like people ask me because i work in breakfast radio they say how do you do it how do you get up in the middle of the night to go to work and I know I complain about a lot on the podcast. But the key, really, is to not think about it, not worry about it. Isn't that true with the happiness thing as well? If you're too fixated on it, you'll never achieve it. Deep, Ben. Wow. News Talk ZB. Um, the other way that you can make yourself happy is by uh, just reading and looking at funny things. I find that helps. But check out Four Rock Flats. I mean, you might have missed it. Um, and uh, Francesca didn't, because she was interviewing Murray Ball's son about Murray Ball. She went back and had a look at some. This book kind of sent me down a bit of a rabbit hole where I started searching out more of Murray's cartoons. And I was really mm. taken back at how timeless they are. I mean, I was roaring with laughter. They still resonate. Decades later, did you find that sort of when you were writing this book, did you sort of rediscover quite a bit of his work as well? Yeah, well, that I, I certainly did, and I had to go over <clears throat> a lot of his cartoons and a lot of his notes, speech notes, and and what, what have you. But you know, there's there seems to be an appetite still, and and as you say, you know, there's it, it's got a, a lasting quality. A lot of his work, that's for sure. Absolutely. Where did his love of drawing, his talent, come from? It's hard to know, actually. Mm. He had always enjoyed drawing animals when he was a child, by all accounts. My Uncle Barry, who was his, his um, soulmate, really, as well as a brother, um, has told me that he, he would draw animals. He was very influenced by Walt Disney back in the day. He, he drew a, a a horse on the garage wall on the in concrete uh, on the concrete wall of the um, of the of the garage at home in chalk, and apparently it was really great. And he entered a, co- a competition when he was just a young teenager as well for a, a tea com- a tea company uh, to draw what he thought a character. Uh, it, it was called Joko was the name of the character. I'm not sure. I think I mentioned it in the book. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, and so, you know, there were little glimmers there that he certainly had ability. It wasn't really his major focus, though, when he was going through his teens and in his youth. He was He's more into his sport. Well, I'm glad he didn't give up on the drawing. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was... I was enjoyed for our flats. Uh, my fa- absolute favourite is Farside, of course. Larson's Farside. I, I um, was just going through my feed over the weekend. Is that what you do? You go through your feed? Anyway, most of my feed's about tech gadgets and you know, reviewing the latest devices and all that sort of stuff. But in the middle of there, for some reason, uh, there were... Uh, there was an article about Larson's far side cartoons, and just like Francesca did there with the flats, I, I I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. It's, ah, so good, so good. Uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing, Glad. Hey, that's what I do. Uh, that it was the weekend edition of New Tools with Dean. I'll be back with uh, just a normal old daily one tomorrow when we look back at today. For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.